Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Robert J. Morgan podcast. Today's episode will be the first chapter of the audio version of Rob's newest book, The Jordan River Rules. It's available now from Amazon or from robertjmorgan.com. Now, if you go to Rob's site, use the coupon code JRRPODCAST, and you'll get 10% off your order of the book, the study guide, or the video teaching, which are excellent for individual or group study. The audio version is anticipated to be available from Audible by early July or so, but Rob has already finished recording it, so we wanted to go ahead and share it with you today. So now here's your host, Robert J. Morgan, reading the first chapter of his newest book, The Jordan River Rules. Jordan River Rule number one says, Realize God means for you to move forward. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. God leads us in stages. Warren Wiersbe said, The book of Joshua is about the victory of faith and the glory that comes to God when His people trust and obey Him. As I begin this book, my wife of 43 years, Katrina, passed away after a long battle with multiple sclerosis. It was Veterans Day 2019, and all of us were around her bed. The nurse announced the time of death is 11.11 a.m. Someone said she went to heaven at 11.11 on 11.11. Then my son-in-law pulled out his Bible and said, Listen to this. In John 11.11, Jesus said, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going on my way to wake him up. I cannot describe to you the comfort I felt. John 11.11 at 11.11 on 11.11. God has many ways of comforting us, yet new chapters are difficult. I'm aware my life is entering a new phase, and I'm reminded that life unfolds in stages. The stages may be bittersweet, but as Katrina would have reminded me, it's important to keep a positive biblical attitude. The day after she went to heaven, my daily Bible reading took me to the first chapter of Joshua, where I read, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great river the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites, and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you, just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. This passage provides three truths about God's guidance. He leads us in stages, He leads us in steps, and He leads us in person. The idea of stages is introduced earlier in the book of Numbers, which Moses wrote near the end of the Israelites' years of wanderings. 
Numbers 33 verses 1 and 2 says, These were the stages of the Israelites' journey when they went out of Egypt. At the Lord's command, Moses wrote down the starting point for the stages of their journey. These are the stages listed by their starting points. Three times there we're told that God led the Israelites in stages. When we turn the page to Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, they're entering yet another stage, one that brought both mourning and momentum. The Lord told the Israelites of the death of Moses, the only leader they had ever known. New stages of life often involved mourning and sadness. They also involved mourning, as in M-O-R-N-I-N-G. They represent new days in our lives. Psalm 84, verses 5 through 7 says, Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. They go from strength to strength. My life has passed through a series of stages, from a youngster in a happy home, to a college student away from home, to a young single, to a husband, a father, a grandfather, from a pastor of a smaller church to the pastor of a larger church, from a pastor to a writer and speaker, and now to the stage of being a widower. Every stage has bewildered me at first, but the Lord has given me strength for every stage. Everything is under His control. Everything is orchestrated in His timing. Are you on the border of a new stage in life? Maybe a graduation, a wedding, a divorce, a birth, a death, a new job, an illness, a recovery, a new home, a move, a breakup, a new relationship, a new church, a change of some sort. Many transitions are stressful, and they bring mixed emotions. It's all right to feel sadness, regret, grief, confusion, or relief. But turn yourself around and head in a positive direction. Don't get stuck in negative moods or in hopeless inertia. Actress Lauren Bacall once said, I am not a has-been, I am a will-be. The Apostle Paul put it better when he said, One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, he said, let all of us who are mature think this way. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. Mature people do think that way. I miss Katrina constantly, and I'll catch up to her one day soon. But I'm determined to go forward. Prepare for what God is preparing for you. Your next stage of life is God-planned. The one who knows the way through the wilderness also knows the way to the promised land. God leads us in steps. I've given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. Life unfolds in stages, but we take it in steps. As a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm convinced God has an agenda for my life with every detail prearranged from eternity past. That knowledge changes the way I rise each morning and retire each evening. It affects the way I plan my time establish my priorities, spend my money, and think about my future. The psalmist prayed, All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Psalm 139, verse 16. And Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. I recently talked with a friend back from military service in a dangerous area. His mission reminded me of a commando show I'm watching on television. Coming home, he said, is a huge adjustment. Gone is the danger, the adrenaline, the sense of purpose, the intensity. And now he's back to raking leaves and running errands. The change is dramatic, but I've sought to remind him that God plans our days. Some days I'm preaching to 5,000 people, and other days I'm cleaning the sink and doing the laundry. The important thing is fulfilling every day what God has called me to do for that day. When Moses led the Israelites out of bondage and Joshua assumed control on the banks of the Jordan River, the Lord said to them, I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised. The only way of moving forward is putting your foot down and making sure it lands on a promise. You can never claim Joshua chapter 1 verse 3 by standing still. You have to go forward along the pathway of God's promises. Not too long ago, I spoke at Beulah Heights University. In studying the history of the school, I learned of two of its alumni, Nolan and Dorothy Lee, who attended there in the 1940s. It was a new stage for them, and they lived on leftovers from the school dining hall. Nolan milked cows and Dorothy cleaned restrooms to earn money. One day, when there was nothing to eat, she put her Bible on the floor and carefully stepped on it. She said, Lord, I am standing on your word and on your promises to provide for us. Finishing her prayer, she heard a rustle at the door and found two grocery bags of food. Somewhere I read of a mother who wrote Bible promises on slips of paper. She folded them and put them in her children's shoes. In this way, she taught them to walk by faith. I've never stood on the Bible or put verses in my shoes, but I do believe what it says in Psalm 119, verse 105, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. As I'm facing a new stage in life, here's what it means to me. Every morning I take time to read my Bible and pray. I ask the Lord to show me what He wants me to do that day. And I walk by faith, step by step, into the promised land of His good will for my life for that day. You can do the same. So put your foot down, make sure it lands on a promise, and take the next step. God leads us in person. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will never leave you or abandon you. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. About a month before Katrina passed away, I lifted her into bed and we prayed together. Then I went outside and sat on the patio, tired and troubled. Out of nowhere, an old song came to mind. Pulling out my phone, I looked it up and listened to it. I hadn't heard it for years, but it captured my heart. The next day, I had to rush Katrina to the emergency room, and that was the beginning of the final phase of her disease. Throughout the entire month, This song was the soundtrack in my mind. The words said, I trust in God wherever I may be, upon the land or on the rolling sea. For come what may from day to day, my heavenly Father watches over me. Whenever you enter a new phase, your heavenly Father watches over you. He shows up in person to lead you. 
For me, it means I'll never come home to an empty house or enter a vacant room. The God of heaven is near. I most intimately sense the Lord's presence when I'm alone with him in Bible study and prayer. Jesus told us to shut the door and spend time with our Father who is in secret. He said that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. But when we exit the door and plunge into the day, we don't leave the Father behind. He goes with us. Dr. Gregory Boyd wrote, I have become absolutely convinced that remaining aware of God's presence is the single most important task in the life of every follower of Jesus. Recently, I spoke to Christian workers in Asia, and after the talk, a young man came up and hugged me as if I were his father. I asked where he was from, and he named a dangerous and unstable country. I asked him what he did. I evangelize terrorists, he said. I live in redacted. But the people there have souls, and they also have families and children. So I'm seeking to bring the message of Christ to them. Isn't it dangerous, I ask. Yes, he said. Are you afraid? No, he said, looking at me surprised that I would ask. I have the Holy Spirit with me. Well, that spoke to me. I hope it speaks to you, because if you're walking with God, you have the Holy Spirit with you. That should make a big difference, shouldn't it? God's promise that he will never leave us or forsake us is very special. This remarkable combination of verbs, I will never leave you or abandon you, occurs several times in Scripture. I've looked it up. You'll find this phrase in Deuteronomy 31 and verses 6 and 8. And here it is again in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. David quotes it in 1 Chronicles 28, 20, and he turns it into a prayer in Psalm 27, verse 9. Then the writer of Hebrews snatches it from the pages of the Old Testament and presents it this way in Hebrews 13, verse 7. Be satisfied with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. In that particular verse, in the Greek text of Hebrews, as it was originally written, the word leave is preceded by a double negative. Never, never will I leave you. And the word abandon is preceded by three negatives. Never, never, never will I abandon you. The Greek construction of Hebrews 13.5 is reflected in the final stanza of one of my favorite hymns, How Firm a Foundation, which says, The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to its foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Why on earth, then, are you and I ever insecure about anything in our lives? We have rivers to cross, challenges to face, problems to confront, giants to fight, and promises to claim. But why should we be insecure, afraid, or discouraged? We have a repeated promise from God, and the final repetition of it is underlined by doubles and triples of grace. God leads us in stages, in steps, and in person, and he will never leave us or forsake us. Remind yourselves of these truths from Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and don't be afraid of the next stage or step. Whatever comes or wherever you may be, your heavenly Father 
watches over you.